What's the tea in tech this week? Well, TikTok is supporting black business um, by having a black business accelerator program. It is now open. You can apply. They're accepting applications for the third round of their Support Black Businesses Accelerator Program in honor of Black Business Month. As y'all know, it's Black Business Month. (laughs) It's Black Business Month. The program will include four weeks of virtual training and exclusive access to resources, benefits, and networking opportunities. Black businesses, creators, and entrepreneurs, you can apply at TikToksupportBlack.com. That's TikToksupportBlack.com. You have until August 24th. I am most definitely um, applying, actually. I think the thing that's most interesting, that I'm most interested about um, in this accelerator program are the free uh, credits because, you know, it costs, you got to pay to play. So TikTok is giving free credits um, as part of that accelerator program and teaching you all the ways of how to tick and how to talk. Brooklyn Brother Duo opens the first black hacker house. Our house is a conscious engineer, uh, founder, and creative space founded by brothers Rusty and Riverfields. It unites black techies who are enthusiastic about founding Web3 startups. So with this hacker house, the the brothers, they, they hope to solve the racial divide and the lack of diversity that occur in urban tech hotspots like San Francisco and pretty much all of America. Our house started its first four-week residency program this summer in a Brooklyn brownstone in Bed-Stuy. We got 13 builders, artists, and designers that had the chance to participate in workshops. They had panel discussions, fireside chats. I mean, just like a super legit hacker house. I've actually always kind of wanted to create a hacker house of my own. So maybe one day, maybe one day. Now, let's talk about cannabis. Cannabis is taking the tech industry by storm. And here's another one. The Ball Family Farms BFF drop are dropping a new anxiety-reducing strain with the P-Valley star actor J. Alphonse Nicholson. He plays Lil Murda in P-Valley. He credits the cannabis with his ability to focus on his craft. He's been open about battling anxiety his entire life, but BFF products have helped him. In an effort to promote calmness and relaxation, J. Alphonse has partnered with the Ball Family Farms to develop the strain The Fonzie. So the Fonzie's going to help you relax, calm. The terpene-rich strain is said to have a Skittles and cream flavor with a fruit basket aroma. It'll be available at California retailers soon. Uh, myself, it's not, cannabis isn't something I'm I'm too into, honestly, but uh, that's great. I think that uh, it's great to have some type of natural form of reducing stress as opposed to all those drugs out there on the market. Chevy collabs with black designers to create its first electric SUV. Okay, Chevy. So Chevy um, will unveil its first ever electric blazer, all electric. Let's get that straight. It's 100% electric blazer EV in collaboration with the black designers Aurora James and Justin Salmon. Aurora James is a fashion designer and the creator of the eco-friendly brand Brother Veli's. And Justin Salmon is a creative director for General Motors. Uh, the midsize SUV is stylish. It's functional. It's technologically savvy. It's gonna, it comes complete with a very futuristic design in different trims, hues, and different battery power levels. The Blazer EV will go on sale in the summer of 2023. So next summer we can get it. Um, shout out to, you know, black creators. I love that. Thank you, Chevy. 
um, for seeing us and and hiring us. And <laughs> I mean, as a creator myself, I am super excited to to hear about that. So we have uh, this episode is called The Family That Codes Together Gets Dough Together with special guests Philip and Kayla Banks. Philip is Philip Banks Sr. is known as Big Cyber. He's a CEO and co-founder of the Banks Family Tech. Him and his daughter, his sons, Philip Jr. David, Hunter, the Banks family has a passion for tech, business, arts. They're just amazing. <clears throat> they have redefined what black parenting and black families could look like through tech, entrepreneurship. They've been speaking at the largest conferences in the world. I mean, I'm a fan of this family. Now, Kayla Banks is also very amazing. She started blogging at six years old. She's learned HTML at nine years old. She was the first, the fir- her first keynote at scale, which is uh, the Southern California Linux Expo was at 11 years old. I've known this girl since she was 12 years old. She presented at the White House um, at 14 years old during the Obama administration. She also received, she has went on to receive a full ride scholarship to Howard University and we are very very proud of her when we come forward we're going to talk with the Banks family tech uh, enterprise right here on talk tech to me at KBLA talk 1580 we've got a lot to talk about we are sitting here with Banks family tech two of the members of the elite squad of Banks family tech Philip Banks and Kayla Banks. How are you guys doing? Doing good. How about you? I'm great. Fancy, freaking fantastic. Everybody <laughs> expects me to say. <laughs> Is that what you always say? Always. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask both, both of you our icebreaker question, which um, whoever wants to answer first can go. But when did you fall in love with tech? Ladies first. Well, I was raised in a tech family, so I fell in love with tech ever since I was able to speak. So we had tech all around our house, whether we had a smart home before the label smart home was really invented, (laughs) Um, whether there was games or just home improvement, everything tech-related encompassed our household. So I fell in love with tech at a very young age because I was brought up in it. I mean, like birth? What? Yeah, birth. <laughs> Basically birth. Basically birth. Before I even knew how to talk. Before I even knew how to talk, I was typing on the computer. And before I knew how to read, I was browsing the web. <laughs> that is so crazy. Yeah. I love it. And you. Me. I started when I was a kid. I, I started coding when I was 10. Trying to make a video game because I was Same into here. video games. Yep, nine. I was nine. <laughs> I found out that most big programmers tried to start by making a video game. Is that how we start? Or hacking? Yeah, <laughs> yep. changing the grades. <laughs> I never. I mean, did I heard. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but um, uh, yeah. So I started when I was young. My dad was an electrical engineer, so he just said. You want to learn stuff. I don't buy shoes and all that crazy stuff, but I buy books if you want to learn stuff. So uh, it's all about that action. That's how you got into it. So tell us about the smart house. 
What did this entail back in uh, what year is this? What are we talking about? 2000? Um, okay. I called our house Little Wakanda now, you know, looking <laughs> back on it. I was like, because we had the one house on the block that every kid for like two, three blocks used to come to. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we can start with like our back office. So yeah. we built our back office from scratch. It was really a garage and then we split it in half. And then we networked the computers all together. Yeah. Um, we had like a drive. Before there was cloud storage, we had a drive that we could all reach into and look at all of our From pictures. <laughs> oh, my God. We had networked all the computers so that the kids, like he was saying, the kids on the block could come and we could play oh, games together. We had like 10, up to 10 or 15 kids right. all in diff- all on different computers playing all like Halo or one of those games I together. It so was, y'all was like a tech center before our, the tech center was a yeah. tech center yep. in South I <laughs> mean, parents would send their kids like for homework and everything. You'd be like, go down to the Banks' house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, don't y'all got a mama? Go home. <laughs> that's why this whole tech center thing comes so naturally to y'all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We've been doing tech center since was Since I was little. Yeah. yeah. So when was the first time that like you did like a professional? I mean, I, I see here that you're the scale, but you know, how did that really go about when you guys started to like really get, and are you the first one that is Kayla, the first one of the siblings that really started to go into like the tech industry? Um, no. So I was doing tech conferences since, you know, they've been little. And so Philip and Hunter were 10 and 12 years old monitoring the doors at conferences. <laughs> Only little kids <laughs> asking you for your badges, for, for business professionals and everything. And that was at scale our Southern California Linux Expo. Um, so I'm a chairman of that. And so they've been in it since they were little. Kayla, Kayla was born at the first one. So uh, they've all been in tech since forever. Do, is there a sibling not in tech? No, they're all. <laughs> We're all in tech. We're just in different areas of tech. Okay. So my brother Hunter, he specializes in more of like the 3D modeling and game design aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My brother Philip, he's more of like a IT support and solutions based. Okay. Uh, my brother David is really really nice with streaming services. So he's that's been his specialty lately. And my passion has been teaching tech to kids. Okay, so now I know how I can hire each and every <laughs> And I was just telling you, David's into the AI and uh, machine learning, too. So I, I really got to get him into So what you're telling me is all y'all about to get checks from Marty. Yeah, so, <laughs> because we are definitely um, in need of all these things here. So thank you, Philip Banks and family. For <laughs> yeah. for we'll, spend, we'll fill all the spots. Yeah, thank you. I I appreciate that. Absolutely. So how did like the entrepreneurship come about? So you doing these things on the block, right? So you a tech center before a tech center was a tech center in South LA. And then like, at what point was you like, hey, uh, (laughs) can we make some money? (laughs) I mean, my dad told me do what you love and you never work a day in your life. Mm. Best advice I ever had. Best advice. I just go into everything, finding what's the love in it. And so me and Kayla were even just talking about it on the way here. We go in reverse engineering everything. Like, we've even looked at this studio and how to make this right <laughs> at the house. We're like, we can make this. <laughs> I mean, uh, and so we go in uh, and you start seeing, like, how business works. And that's when, you know, I started consulting. 
originally when I was 24. Um, and so that that's where we look for the business opportunity and everything and how to do it. Yeah. Right. So the speaking, tell me what are some of the speaking engagements like both of you had have gone. I know you've spoken, Kayla, all over the world. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, by Thank the way, you. for um, all the things you've done. I, I do remember when you were like, hey, will you mentor me? I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I could have been a better mentor. Like... <laughs> but, you know, hey, I did have a I had a piece in it. You know, I had a piece well, in this beautiful way. woman. Yeah. And yeah. I'm proud of that. When, when she was, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, when we started the thing with Cassie, I think you was yeah, I was twelve. Like 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I was looking online, like, how is she this big? All of a sudden, like, I blinked, and I was like, dang, I meant to do like all this stuff with you. I had like plans. I was like, we gonna go here, we are gonna go there, and then she was like, eighteen, and I was like, oh man, <laughs> y'all gotta like yeah. note to self, pay attention. Time flies with these kids. I know, mm-hmm. you know, like, I... do it today. Created an environment around her with you know because women in tech is a underutilized area and so that's why i started going to all the women's conferences for kayla you know to get around more women and so they've formed a huge community around her i mean we go everywhere and those ladies are just amazing all over the place so you know i go to conventions and i'm the one guy of 700 women and i try to be hiding in the back and they just be like no no you got to sit up front and and i'm like but now they just like they'll call like hey kayla when can you can you come out to this convention and stuff like that so yeah and to add on to that it's also important to touch on the fact that representation matters because I, for the longest time, didn't know that women were um, underrepresented <laughs> in tech because I had been around so many conferences where women were in tech and seeing them and, you know, seeing that there was a huge gap was a big shocker to me. But I've definitely spoken at a ton of events. My first talk was at scale when I was nine and the name of that talk was called Free to Be a Kid. So basically in that talk, I, t- I talked about using open source software to do like little projects. Because so I remember the first like real tech project I did was, you know, everybody makes the website like you guys were talking about. I mean, the game. Mm-hmm. But mine was making a website. So I'm very last minute. I forgot to ask my dad to get a poster board for the store. <laughs> and I yeah, just posted we, a meme on that. Me and were just talking Every about time. kids doing that last second. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all need supplies at TPM yeah. for a tomorrow project. Okay. Yep. And instead of asking him to get a poster board, I found a book and I made a website. And so that was my poster board for my project. And so that's what I talked about in my talk. I talked about making that website for the first time and also using open source software like LibreOffice and GIMP, which is a a favorite of mine. It's like um, an open source alternative for Photoshop. Uh, Audacity, Handbrake, all those like really, really good open source projects can we kayla can we explain to the listeners what does open source mean a lot of people don't know what that is so open source means that the source code of a project is open for anybody to change and add so a lot of people just think of open source as free but it's actually much more than that rather than it being free um the community comes together and they add the code they can change it they can take from it so it's like a community-based project and so i utilize that because um instead of using like projects or software like photoshop or sony vegas to do stuff where it was like a paywall not only could i use this 
this software for free but I could also give back to the software if I wanted to or look in the source code and understand it like that because like we were talking about reverse engineering earlier I use that to understand a lot of the stuff that I'm doing. Yeah, I think that's one of the best ways to get into tech is like when you you have to look at what other people have done and kind of um, you can emulate it. You can copy it yeah. a bit like that's yeah. the first way you learn is just a copy. Like when we do our, our coding classes that uh, that Philip, you guys have been teaching, working with me to teach for forever now, yeah. <laughs> we take websites already built. We don't start from scratch. Um, it's good to see what other people have done. And then eventually, yeah, you move on and then you create <laughs> something that's never been done before <laughs> and then change the world, you know? Mm -hmm. So thank you for explaining that. Um, how about you, Philip? What do you... <laughs> what? <laughs> um, how, how, let's, let's say, how do we get... I mean, lucky for you that you have all of your your uh, children, now adults, are in tech. But how do you get an adverse kid interested in tech? Like, I know what my answer is, but I'm interested in what you guys might hear. Like, in all these boot camps that you guys have done, many, like, how do you get the kid in the corner that's like, I ain't here for this? You know, <laughs> that's usually what we come with. Because, you know, mostly the kids come in and they're like, oh, my mom made me do this. I hate being here. You know, like, Kayla, when we were just out in Austin and we were just finding out that's that's every culture, actually. We thought it was just, you know, black culture. But, you know, an Asian family lady met us down in the lobby. She was like, my kids have not been able to get off their laptops since they came. And they said they hated tech, hated math. And I was like, you know, once you start getting kids into uh, realizing, like, like the average programmer does not use past sixth grade math. Right. You know, and that's the usual barrier that's in their head is like, oh, this is something that, you know, you got to be super smart for. Or it's expensive, and like Kayla was just explaining, open source software, is, all this stuff is free. Right. Um, I only use free stuff to you know teach on, and once you break a lot of those barriers, in the end, plus once you relate to everything you know they do, because you know I, like the kids in the, in you know our classes, you know like what video games do you play and. And, you know, music you listen to or different things on TV. Once you relate everything they do to those kind of things and you understand them, they're all in. And the buy-in is just so easy at that point, you yeah. know. I, cause, what do you say, Kayla? Um, I was going to add on to that. I think that's our specialty and what sets us apart is that we know how to relate to kids. Because mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times when people have a bad teacher, it kind of mm. sets yes. them back from wanting to go forward. Right. And, you know, since we have the advantage of growing up in a tech household and having that knowledge, but also... My advantage of being young and kind of close in age to the kids, I can kind of understand the trends and stuff. For example, um, for my video game design class, I have been teaching a curriculum I wrote on Roblox Studio. Since Roblox is a really popular game for kids yep. to make, um, to play, I just said, well, instead of playing the game, why don't you make a game within Roblox and then you can make money off of it? So really, our specialty with 
kids because we have a ton tons of kids there's almost at least two or three kids in every single class that just doesn't right doesn't want to be there at the beginning <laughs> or they're not interested in tech they'd rather just be outside playing a game and by the end of the class they're ecstatic can't about it they <laughs> yeah you can't get them to leave so like just relating over. to them that's yeah. the secret sauce <laughs> that's beautiful so i have two ways that that i do in in our boot camps uh one is just like straight up moral support like whenever they do something fantastic I mean I make a big deal I mean we do a song and dance you know (laughs) and then you'll see like Gen Z is like man y'all do not show emotion it's like oh I'm so excited oh I'm so sad like the same I always say that like so then when I do that like I'll see like a side crack of a smile like a little bit and I'm like oh is that a is that a it hurts (laughs) they look like it hurts to it hurts to smile and I'll be like oh did you just do that and just make like the biggest deal ever I feel like, you know, just like that outside support, you don't know what someone is going through. Mm-hmm. You don't know what that kid might be going through at home. Like, I know we've had homeless students. We've had foster youth. We've yeah, had um, youth going yeah. through d- domestic violence. You know, it's like you don't know what someone might be going through. So even just like I know, Philip, we had a, a boot camp at Saya on Manchester in Vermont. Uh-huh. And like a lot of kids was like, this is like my family. You know, mm-hmm. this is my other, my second family or even the first family for some some youth. So I think that support was one of the um the best ways that that I get the kids involved but also uh money money talk money talk <laughs> money talk I'll be like like I'll let them know that like at the end of this week there's going to be a challenge and the the grand prize is $100 like and I if we don't have like money for that in our budget like I will pull that out my own dollars and like all of our instructors do the same thing they're always like okay $100 and I'll just do like random pop quizzes I'll be like okay $20 for the first person to do this they be like oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wake the kids up at one of them. It's like, oh, we can get some money off of this. <laughs> yeah, they be quick. They be real quick to jump with uh, for some money. So, so yeah, I think if anybody's looking to do. Uh, youth boot camps in the community. These are some of the ways that you can get in, get on it, get with us. Any other, uh, if, any other advice that you might have for someone that's actually looking? I get a lot of calls on that, like people really trying to do like what we're what we've been doing for for years. You guys have any other advice uh, for the looking to do these kind like of like boot camps? Uh, yeah, you find a group of people <laughs> and just talk to us. Um, Thing for you, KB. I feel you? like just finding a great group. I feel like a lot of people are too focused on qualifications, mm. and that has been a barrier for us sometimes. Like for me, my my qualifications have always been my age. I right. haven't been able to get into certain things because of that. And the most talented people will always be people that don't fit certain requirements mm. or criteria. So having a team that you can look past what they don't what they have what they don't have and what they can bring um is a good addition to it and also staying up on the trends and what is current because like we were saying earlier if you're teaching kids c sharp (laughs) i mean not c sharp um pearl right stuff that's not really applicable (laughs) um arguably you could say there's one program that we don't like but sometimes Scratch. We can say it. Kayla. We do scratch. not like scratch. <laughs> Kayla not, and, and Philip Banks. Put your kids in any scratch program. <laughs> Absolutely, Kayla and Philip Banks. When we come forward, more with Caleb and Philip on the unapologetically progressive KBLA Talk fifteen eight. We are here with Philip and Kayla Banks talking tech.
tech talking. Yep. Okay, so this is a, a slightly personal question. Have you experienced any challenges as a black family in tech? And if so, like, how did you deal with those? Well, I can say there's a quote from my grandpa. He always said you had to work twice as hard as the other person in the room. And I think we know what I'm alluding to when I say the <laughs> yes. other person. White people. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always have... I always have assumptions made about me before I'm able to pretty much show my credentials. And that's always kind of like a slap in the face to anybody that doubts me. Um, But pretty much most of my challenges have just been people assuming that I'm not qualified to do my job or I can't really do my job. I remember at one workshop I had, I had one of the parents come up to me and they asked what I was teaching. And I gave him a full rundown of what I was teaching. And he was shocked, like, oh, like, I have my my son being taught by a young black woman. And he didn't really expect me to know too much about what I was teaching. So that's been my main challenge, even though people won't really out be out forward about what they are thinking i can tell people are doubting me constantly doubting me so how do you deal with that i just prove myself and my credentials speak for themselves yeah, exactly hey, let them know <laughs> that's what it is you know it's like like she was saying uh it's like my dad I, and I, I raised them you know on that saying my dad said you just got to be twice as good as the person standing right next to you it just three is, times is, I go with three. Is what it is. <laughs> I, I know, and I told her for a black female, it's like at least two and a half. That. And so I was like, it just is what it is. Don't be mad about it. You know, just do you. And so, especially here in America, because you know, like when we spoke, we spoke in Prague, and it was I thought it'd be a thing. We were like out of our the audience was four thousand people that we spoke in front of and it was only a handful of us there. Wow. <laughs> I'd say two exactly. Ooh, what I remember. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, out of she out of four thousand spotting faces. And, wow. and most of the dark skinned faces were Indian, you know? And, yeah. Wow. And but it's a whole different vibe, you know, outside of America, you know, mm. it it weren't feeling odd at all, you know. Mm. <laughs> so it was completely different so it was a little more comforting outside of yeah it's just like they'd come up to you assuming if you're in that position you know what you're doing and so it was completely different i feel the same way this is why i travel so much people like you always outside of america i feel like (laughs) almost i mean literally every other country i've been to outside of america has like the utmost respect for me like i i tell people like the black girl privilege in places like italy and london is like super real like (laughs) i'm just like is this what it feels like to be a white woman (laughs) in america like (laughs) is this why they act so crazy sometimes (laughs) because the moment they don't get the one thing they want they're like oh my god you know because that's how i feel in like italy i literally get everything i want like stores closed come in come in (laughs) you know Uh, it's a very very cool feeling um what is your favorite project out of all the things that you guys have done as a family or what's a favorite banks family tech project project? (laughs) we have so many projects (laughs) what would be our favorite favorite project uh or favorite conference or just favorite event. I mean, scale, of course, is our yeah, most, scale is favorite, our favorite conference. We're there every, every year. Mm-hmm. This is like I've the been people with there y'all. are like family. Amazing, yeah. yes. And so that one, you know. Um, I also look forward to Girls in Tech, in tech. Lo- uh, yeah, every I year. Girls in Tech. I love Girls in Tech, being around all 
of the women and not only seeing that they're in tech, just seeing how nice they look. Like I always just tell my dad, like, yeah. oh, I I look up to her. I want to look like her. I want to. Oh, not specifically look like her, but dress like her <laughs> when I'm older and present myself in this way. Shout out to Adriana Gascon. And yep, Jim she's McNichols. also been one of my um, mentors and role models. She's the owner of Girls in Tech. Amazing. So what is, okay, so I went to a, um, I had a nonprofit event in, at Microsoft, right? And everyone in the nonprofit space was saying they're having difficulty retaining talent in their like nonprofit, like you, all these like educator, you know, we're educators, right? So a lot of um, the schools, the colleges, uh, the nonprofits, they have an issue. They're trying to retain us because, I mean, we can make two, three, four and five hundred thousand dollars a year with our skills. However, we are choosing to educate. What would you say to these like nonprofits, to these schools? How would they be able to keep you? How how, how do they retain you? Like, I know I know my secret, but I want to know what, what you guys have. What would you say is a way to keep you? I think it all boils down to purpose. Like when I when I feel or when I see light bulbs go off in my kids' heads when I'm teaching things to them, um, it definitely makes me feel good inside. It makes me feel like I'm doing something that's worthwhile. And I guess if you're just in a in a work position where you kind of feel like your work isn't really affecting people mm-hmm. or you don't see the outcome, then you can kind of feel like you're not doing much which is the main difference in education. You can literally see your work, how it's affecting people and all of that. So I say just any position or opportunity to feel like your work is educating people or reaching the right audience would be a great way to retain people. Yeah. Ownership in the result. Uh, Once they feel some kind of ownership in the result of what happens, because, like, even for these conferences, I'm the chairperson over, uh, you know, like, kind of a community manager. Mm-hmm. And getting people to volunteer for this conference and then seeing that, hey, you know, you make this thing run, you know, is, like, w- whatever we do. Like, our classes, when we teach, we don't really work off of our curriculum. It's your curriculum, you know, and we kind of form it around that so that in the end, they've made their thing and instead of, you know, like the traditional school model where it's like, just follow these steps and get to here and that's it, my way. Right. They once they feel ownership in the result of something, oh, then you you've got a friend for life. So Philip, you said a really powerful word, ownership. So I'm gonna put y'all up. I'm gonna put the people listening, I'm gonna put y'all up on game right now. <laughs> like this is my secret to success my secret to success on how I've been able to get these two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year um engineers, talent, creative directors. I mean my team is amazing and they could definitely go elsewhere, but we do community work, right? So um ownership uh, money, actually. So everything that we do, like with with Marty, our, our creative agency, and Missla, Marty and Missla are very closely connected. Marty is the for profit, Missla is the nonprofit. So we're training youth, and then they go into Marty, and we're working on products. Some of the products we own um, solely, it's our um, like our IP, and then other products might be part of like a bigger corporation. So everyone on the team has ownership. Everyone has its stock. Everyone is invested. They're getting membership interest. They're getting points off every app that we build. So this is how we're able to retain because no, we can't pay 
um, you know, Misla can't afford to pay no one in 200,000 per year to um, our instructors, but, but we can, we have some money, so we pay cash, but then we offer equity. So this is our secret to success on um, how we're able to retain. But yeah, I think like what, what we're the same. Banks Family Tech is our nonprofit, which me and the kids all own equal stock in. And Banks Networking is our for profit. Right. So when people come in and they want to work with you, there's points allocated, right? If you're building something that could change the world, now they're like, oh, wait, hold on. Let me <laughs> let me stay until this is done. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's how I feel. So aside from that ownership of like uh, that has no material, like like actual money, which is. Like I've helped Kayla, you know, become this amazing. Pro- I have some a piece, a little. <laughs> I got a piece. <laughs> like I help with that that's, right there. That's, that's me. My slice. That's me. I got a piece. So yes, when we come forward on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty, talk tech to me. We'll have more with the Banks family. Welcome forward. You're listening to Talk Tech to Me. I'm your host Cassie Betts on KBLA Talk. 1580. We're here with Philip and Kayla Banks. So let's talk tech. Tell us about this open source. Like if someone's getting into tech, what are the best open source platforms that they should go to and why? Um, anything. Well, we're kind of talking GitHub. So, uh, so, uh, I'll, I'll start on that one then. Uh, when, My kids were younger. I made all of them start accounts on GitHub. GitHub is a repository that anybody can make any software and they drop it on GitHub. It's Mm -hmm. it's repository. Uh, So it's just a a huge collection of programs people have made for different things. Uh, And so when they feel excited about their code they put it up there and they're sharing it with everybody else so everybody else can help them with it and making it better and so when you think about things like that it's a lot of the software you use every day like chrome and firefox Mm -hmm. you know your web browsers they're all open source software projects that are up there that people can go in and, and um and manipulate so i made it so that all of them would create accounts. So all four of my kids had to have a, a GitHub account so that they can share, you know, their data. And, I mean, share, and it's an online resume. It's the greatest online resume there is because then you go for a job in coding or tech or something like that. A lot of times on the resume, it says, what's your GitHub, a- right. GitHub address? Because mm-hmm. that employer will look at it and say, hey, they know nothing about code, but they know a little something. Right. I wonder what people think of my GitHub. Oh, my. Uh, no. mine, mine is not mine is great. Crazy. <laughs> mine is not very good. I would not want to show what, what say you, Kayla? Um, I say the best way to learn is breaking it apart and learning. And that's the best part about tech. It's like we were saying GitHub. Everything is open. Like it's, the cool thing about tech is there's no such thing as like copying or cheating. Right. They have all the code open. You're supposed for you to. to. Yeah, you're supposed to go test. through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to go through it and change it up and look at it. So reverse engineering, like a lot of people, we teach our kids this hacking exercise right. where, you know, some people have probably accidentally clicked this button. But if you right click and inspect, you can see all of the source code behind every website. You can change it. You can get, kind of get a taste of how code is. You can also change stuff. So it's a really cool activity. And on top of that, um, there's so many 
different resources to learn now. Like LinkedIn Learning is one that I've been mm-hmm. using to get certifications, but they also do like tons and tons and tons of courses on learning. And there's also free courses everywhere. You just have to find the programming language that you want to know and you dive into it and then my favorite 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 resource i used when i was a kid is w3 schools yeah which is a website that basically teaches you every i know it definitely teaches html yeah. css oh, and javascript yeah so if you're looking into front-end web development then w3 schools is a very valuable resource if for a book python for kids yeah started them out on it um because, yeah, we know the, the company yeah. uh, that makes that. And so Python for kids, for even for adults, I totally suggest that book. It's I, I suggest very all easy. the kid books for adults. Um, JavaScript for kids is one yeah. that, that I've used in the past. Like, uh, yeah, it breaks it down for a kid, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and you're sitting there like, okay, if the 10-year-old can get it, I can do this. <laughs> and they totally sponsored Kayla, you know, and, and uh, O'Reilly uh, and, and these book companies. They, you know, after speaking at a couple of things, they were like, you guys want to learn anything? It's kind of like you guys test our books out for us, and so they'd send us books. But the the Python for Kids was, I mean, we were like 10? Um, yeah, 11. probably around 10. And we just started that one. Yeah, yeah and like you said, Cassie, it really breaks it down for you. Um, and it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, being able to relate it right. to something. And then the Python for Kids book really relates it. Because when you look right. at code, you just see a big chunk and it it kind of seems overwhelming and you don't really know how to decipher that. And the Python for Kids book really does a good job. And if you can learn some of these with your kids, even if you're not going to use like me and Hunter, um, my son Hunter, we did uh, Java in 24 hours. Because when he first started college as a game designer, then, you know, you needed Java. I mean, yeah, you needed Java. And so it's like, okay, we'll just do an hour, you know, a day wow. for a month, you know. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. So when we come forward, we're going to talk hardware. We're going to talk the minimum uh, type of hardware machines you need and your favorite. So when we come forward uh, on Talk Tech to Me at KBLA Talk 158, we are here with Philip and Kayla Banks. And now we're talking about hardware. What kind of hardware? What's the... Mm. What's the minimum type of computer? You know, for somebody starting out, you know, we ain't got a lot of money yet because we just getting into tech. We are wishing David was here right now. (laughs) My son David, this is his deal. He has been making computers lately, like gaming machines and everything for people like crazy. So WWDS, what would David? What would (laughs) David say? Well, Uh, I definitely think it's important to have like an actual computer rather than a laptop because. For the computers, you can customize them. You can switch pieces in and out. I remember Mm -hmm. when I built my first computer, I was mostly just using, like, spare parts that we had taken out of other computers. But I was really excited to upgrade the video card. So I remember my first high-power gaming video card was a GeForce GTX. (laughs) And it made made my gameplay so much better. (laughs) And I, I know it's like... Becoming more cool and accessible to use these parts because of Twitch. And there's a lot of, like, gaming streamers that, you know, built their own computer. And I've even been seeing some really cool computers where the 
computer case like lights up and it's like LEDs. Oh, Dan's and Dave oh yeah. yeah. A lot of those now. Yeah. So, Banks family rite of passage, you have to build a computer from scratch. Yes. So, so mm-hmm. she, well, how old I'm were you? Over. I was, <laughs> I don't remember actually. Like, you were like, I was in elementary 10? school for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's like our next boot camp. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's our next boot camp, y'all. Making. Uh, Ethernet cables and everything. All of them mm-hmm. had to memorize the the wires and everything. So yeah, it's it's really easy to teach kids this kind That'll of thing. That'll be our Philip has done classes with his his kids. So on. y'all saying? So what about what do you guys think about Raspberry Pis? I find that those are like the most affordable computers out there. I think that you yeah. can actually do all the things that you need to do if you you're getting it. So tech. we were talking about um, in other countries. So uh, just before the pandemic, we were gonna. Uh, speak in Haiti and it was because we were at a conference and and the you know uh, people from the government in Haiti were there and started talking to a guy and affordable computers you can use Raspberry Pis which are like $50 for the little computer base and then all you need is monitors and stuff like that so we've talked about doing it in Africa and in Haiti whereas it's a sustainable way to have a whole computer. Absolutely. You know, it's a, you know, it's not the most high powered thing, but we have right. quite a few of them at the house doing all kinds of stuff. Another <laughs> hack that we've done is you can get the you can buy the Raspberry Pi computers and a lot like I don't know about every other city, but in LAUSD schools, everybody has a, Google, a Chromebook, right? But the yeah. Chromebook don't work for like no. real coding. However, if you take the Raspberry Pi and you basically hack it to where you use the Chromebook as the monitor only, you can actually kind of have like a, a cool computer, right? Yeah, yeah, you can. That's where the Linux comes in. You know? yeah. we, can, uh, we do a lot with Linux. Yeah. Or just get free. it's so easy to get a monitor nowadays. Um, like every, yeah. all your friends got oh like four. I had like six at home chilling. Just, <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Just collecting dust. Uh-huh. So just ask the homies for a monitor. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> got a monitor somewhere. I mean, absolutely. Okay, so how can people follow you and get involved? What are your socials? So uh, we mainly use info at banksfamilytech.com. Email us about anything and everything. Uh, you can look for Banks Family Tech on you know LinkedIn and everything else. And look for also our website, Banks Family Tech. Oh, Banks What's your Family. website? Oh, you said BanksFamilyTech.com. Yes. Yeah. And, right. Um, uh, you look for Kayla Banks, K-E-I-L-A Banks on LinkedIn and yeah. Philip Banks with Philip with two L's. Right. Don't be afraid to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm yeah. looking for some yeah, connections. <laughs> I'll make sure I'm, I'm into the networking now. I know. She's, she's picking her networking game up. <laughs> that is very, very important. But it's also important to like heads down and work too. Like everybody's been coming at me with all these events. They're like, you're not doing anything for LA Tech Week. I'm like, yo, I'm building right now. Because <laughs> at this point, I literally, I think I know everybody. Like, and if I'm, I don't know you, I'm I know somebody you, who does. We read it. That's that's even here in the hallways here. You know, just like we know. <laughs> somebody everywhere just like hey aren't you you talked to us yeah so yep so you guys can follow me at instabets um at talk tech to me pod on ig is our uh talk tech to me instagram and misla m-i-s-l-a dot org is where you can sign up for all the boot camps that we're doing we're gonna do this hardware boot camp when we doing it in the fall hey let's do it (laughs) in the fall or the spring so it's coming yeah it's coming we're gonna do this hardware boot camp uh probably buy a bunch of raspberry pies because they're cheap (laughs) you can get 10 for 500 dollars basically yeah right 
It's crazy. Yeah. That's Kinda that's a beautiful thing. So thank you yeah. for hanging with us at the Unapologetically Progressive KBLA Talk 1580. Up next is the backstory with Mache Duffy when 